I'm Sam. And I'm Dobbs. And this is The Fitness Journal. Okay, episode four of The yeah. Fitness Journal. Today, we're going to talk about how to tone up. So we're going to go into a little bit of a de- of detail into the benefits of toning up when you are trying to lose weight, the benefits of toning up if you're trying to gain weight, the myths, the pros, the cons, and essentially how to build muscle um, and why it's important for a journey as to whether you're trying to get bigger or, or lose more weight. So, gaps. Well, uh, basically, uh, there is not a thing as toning up. That's the first thing you need to know because uh, you're distracting me, man. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, basically, turning up, like, you know, when you go to the gym and you do like an exercise and it pumps up, that's the turning up. When the blood flows inside the muscle, that's turning up. So what everybody try to get when they try to turn up is basically lose fat and build muscle. Okay. So we're going to talk about this. Uh, how do you want to begin with? What do you think we should start? With? So, essentially, on, on this podcast, what we kind of want to achieve is get rid of any myths around the whole concept of toning up and talk more about why it's important at all stages of a journey. So we, we just had a little bit of a chat beforehand, and we're going to look at it from the angle of those that are skinny and want to build more muscle to improve their confidence, their physique, um, all of that kind of stuff. And then we're also going to talk at it from a perspective of if you're trying to lose weight, the benefits of trying to build muscle at the same time. So I think if we start, if we start with the weight loss thing first, um, and then we can talk about the skinny thing. So essentially when it comes to losing weight, one of the myths that you might have heard or might do yourself is the whole belief that you have to lose weight first by doing tons of cardio and then build muscle so what's your perspective on this well my perspective uh, perspective sorry on this is basically um it's easier you're a beginner to do what is a a body recomposition okay so basically at the same time you are losing fat, you're building muscle, basically because you got a lot of, how you say, like energy in your body because you got a lot of extra body fat. Extra yeah. body fat. Essentially, you've got more fuel stored on exactly. your body. So when you start training, you got something to feed that muscle to recover and everything. So it will grow, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... What usually happens, for example, if you're a new person going to the gym, okay, you're a beginner, it's, it's quite easy that to happen. If you got the right nutrition and you train in the right way, it's easy to achieve. Yeah, to build muscle. Exactly. If you go to the gym and start doing cardio, it's more difficult to achieve that kind of goal, basically. Mm. Essentially, you're missing out on a on a really good opportunity when you first start training to build a ton of muscle before you even before you even get to a point where you realize that's the thing you should be doing. Yep. And okay, so next question then. Why, if someone is trying to lose weight, why should they focus on lifting weights and trying to build muscle instead of doing cardio and burning calories? Well, basically, uh, it is easier for people overweight to lift weights because they're actually strong. Because basically being overweight, it lowers your center of gravity. It makes it easy to lift. As you can see, some power lifters or like Olympic power lifters, they're really big people because it's easier for them to move. If you are a big human being, you're strong. There's a reason there's weight categories yeah. in competitive lifting, yeah, right? Exactly. So people are heavier, they can so lift more. If I get a client and put him to room like half an hour every day, the only thing I'm doing is tiring this client. And gets home with a feeling that's tired, doesn't want to carry on with this because it's like punishment. Yeah, it makes. If I get a client and say, okay, we're going to learn, let's say, 
deadlifting, okay, or squatting. And then, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't lift this. It's easy. So the feeling this client gets is like here in your mindset, like it it pushes you forward because you're like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah, I'm strong. So it motivates more the client and it's easier. And also the adaptation your body gets from this, they're much better and much toward your goal than doing only cardio, for example. 100%. I agree with that. So when it does come to building muscle and doing like, so training to build muscle, even when you're trying to lose weight, why is that better than just doing cardio from a perspective of weight loss? You ask me. Yeah. Why is, can you repeat the question, please? Sorry. So when it, when it comes to, say you're on a weight loss journey, yeah. you're trying to lose weight, right? Essentially what you're saying there, which is right, um, is that by forcing yourself to do tons of cardio, you're almost making exercise a punishment. So it's a thing that you're having to do. It's a chore because you're going to try and burn calories in order to lose, mm-hmm. lose more weight. Whereas what you're saying is if, as a, if, if you're struggling with your weight, if you're going into the gym and starting to lift weights and aim to build muscle, mm-hmm. it's more motivating because you find out, actually, I can lift quite a lot of weight. It's more fun. It's not as physically exhausting as running. But for that person that is struggling with their weight and is trying to lose weight, why is it better for them to lift weights with their end goal in mind than doing cardio? Well, it comes down to the like, super compensation principle the epoch and the simplify it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going through it and then I will yeah, explain everything. Yeah, yeah. And then also the hormones that your body releases doing weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so super compensation principle will be like uh, your body try to improve. So if you, for example, go to a gym and lift, let's say, whatever exercise you do, you cause some damage. So your body repairs this and gets better on it. So you keep improving all the time. Also, the epoch is like a depth of oxygen your body creates basically when you start lifting. So after training, you need to pay that debt. Does it make sense? Yeah. So this is higher when you lift weights because you work, you, the exercise you're doing is in a lack of oxygen. So you need to pay more afterwards. And also you need to repair. So the calories burn afterwards are more than if you go and only run. Because yeah. if you go and do like a run for half an hour, maybe you burn like, I don't know, 300 calories. But then afterwards, the epoch you created is not much. Yeah. So maybe you burn 400 calories and that's it. If you lift weight, you may be doing your workout, you burn 200 calories, but then it could be until, they say like, some experience, just 72 hours afterwards, you can still be burning calories because you need to repair all these things. Mm-hmm. So I'm be paying this debt of oxygen. So basically, the calories you're burning is there for a long period of time. So it's better. Yeah. Essentially, it, to, to put an analogy on that, to really simplify it, when you, when you run on a treadmill, it's essentially, you're only burning calories whilst you're running on a treadmill or walking or whatever it may be. So it's the equivalent of having an office open with workers in it, doing work for the time that the office is open, right? When you lift weights, it is the equivalent of having an office open 24 hours. So you might only lift weights for an hour. So think of that as maybe like a little meeting where you plan what you're going to do for the day. The, the body is then having to utilize calories and burn calories for hours afterwards to repair the damage that you've caused in that training session. So if you, I, I don't know, let's say you do a push session. So you do a little bit of bench press, a little bit of shoulder press, um, some other accessories, and you train for an hour, like Gab says, you might only burn 200 calories in that hour. But then for the rest of the day, your body has to use energy to repair the damage that you've caused because you're going to have broken muscle tissue down. So it increases your BMR for which is your basal metabolic rate, the calories that you need to consume just to survive, it increases that throughout the next couple of days, which means that actually you burn more calories long-term than if you just did cardio for an hour. Um, and don't like don't get us wrong, this doesn't mean you should never do cardio because cardio oh, is really good. Yeah, yeah, improving heart health, lung health, all of that sort of stuff. 
But when it comes to simply losing weight, for most people, they'll want to lose weight for not only health purposes, but for um, vanity purposes as well. So how they look, how they feel. Now, at the end of a weight loss journey, when you get to your goal weight, you're probably going to feel better if you've built some muscle in the meantime than if you've just burned fat and you now have a lot of loose skin and no shape. Yeah, exactly. That's how you think. And also the last thing I was saying, because I missed one thing to explain, it's like how the hormones change to your body. Like if you only run, basically your cortisol level is going to go up. So you're basically stressing your body only. If you while lift, you stress in your body, but also you like promote some hormones like the human growth hormone at night when you're resting and all these things. So it'd be better for your body if you lift weights and do cardio that if you only do cardio. Yeah, again, especially if you're a novice to lifting weights or you've never done it before and you're trying to lose weight, that is like the most optimal period to start lifting weights because mm -hmm. you're your body is literally equipped to build muscle. You have loads of excess fuel there on your body in the form of fat that it can use to make you help you go about your day to day. And then if your protein intake's high enough whilst you're on your journey and you can build a ton of muscle, not only will you look more um, aesthetically pleasing, let's say at the end of the journey, but you'll also like the engine in your body is going to be better. Um, so by building more muscle, your body requires more calories. With muscle being a li living tissue that needs calories to stay to stay put, if you've built more muscle, it will mean that you need more calories. Good question, Trussie. We'll talk about um, carb intake in a sec second when it comes to, to this kind of stuff. Um, but when, when it comes to building muscle, the more muscle you have, the more calories you can eat on a daily basis and maintain weight. Yep which is why a lot of people struggle with yo-yo dieting because they literally just starve themselves, lose a ton of weight, go back to eating what they used to eat, put the weight back on faster. But in the process of them starving themselves, they've lost muscle tissue, not gained muscle tissue. So when it comes to trying to lose weight again, it's even harder because they, they need le even less calories to lose weight than they did the first time around. Exactly. So you are basically... You are sacrificing you with your the tissue that's basically active met uh, active metabolic yeah yeah active yeah okay yeah, more words than I know yeah tough so in terms of carb intake when it comes to so the the whole kind of topic of this is how to tone up so when it comes to carb intake and on a weight loss journey whilst trying to maintain muscle tissue. I would also almost argue that that's not as relevant as what your protein intake is, as long as you're within exactly a good amount of calories. I will simplify it that this way. Uh, to lose weight, basically, if you're a calorie deficit, you will lose you weight. Will lose weight yeah. If you're a calorie deficit and you increase your protein intake, you basically are gonna lose fat. Yeah. It doesn't work exactly like that, but more or less. Yeah. Like to make it simple. Okay, and then carbs intake, it depends on how your body, tol body tolerates the carbs and depends on your activity, basically. Like, if I eat a lot of carbs, I will try to feed my carbs around the time I'm going to do exercise, basically, and depending on the exercise I'm going to do. Yeah. If I'm going to play football, I'm going to eat more fast carbs, like, uh, how do you say, low Lower, um, high glycemic high index first uh, before that because it will give me a sort of energy already, you know, I got it there so easy to use. Mm -hmm. If I'm not gonna do anything, for example, then I will eat like uh, low glycemic so index. Lower glycemic, glycemic index, index, yeah. Translation uh, barrier here. I know. So <laughs> essentially, the, the more weight you have to lose, the more simple it is. If you're already 8% body fat and you're wanting to get even leaner than that, then macros become more important and meal timings become more important. But for the general population, if your protein intake is high enough, fats and carbs are pretty much inter interchangeable. There's plenty of studies about now that show that if you're in a calorie deficit of, let's say, 300 um, calories a day, you're going to lose just short of a pound of fat a week, give or take. 
Um, doesn't necessarily mean that will show directly on the scale because what the scale is doing is completely different to what your body fat is doing. But if you're in a small deficit and your protein is a good amount, a high amount, so what you've said there for you with what's high protein per pound of body weight, 1.3 to 1.7 grams per kilogram of weight is where I would usually shoot for with, with most people starting off. If they're going into a heavy deficit, then you could take protein a little bit higher than that. If you're in a surplus, protein can be lower because carbs are protein sparing. So it, it, it very much is dependent on the person and where they're currently at. That's, that's yeah, no, that's that's accurate, yeah. More or less, yeah. Um, so I guess to simplify it right down, if you're trying to lose body fat and you've got quite a lot to lose, if you aim for one point three to 1.7 grams per kilogram body weight and you're in a small deficit, your carbs and your fats are interchangeable. Obviously, mm -hmm. like, not obviously, but if you if you put your carbs really low, your energy is going to falter, which means that you probably won't move as much through the day, which is going to have an impact on your deficit. So you want to aim for a good balance between carbs and fats, really. Yeah, I think, I think we should explain what the macro is like. I know everybody should know this. So let's refresh what the macros are for. Like, yeah, yeah. let's say so, yeah. protein is the muscle nutrient, basically. Yeah, builds muscle. Yeah, repairs muscle. Repairs muscle. That's it. You can use it as energy, but it's not the optional thing because it's like a expensive fuel, yeah. basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, carbohydrates are the energy nutrient, basically. Yeah. So that's your Exactly. So if you need to do exercise, you will use fat mm -hmm. okay and fats are basically they regulate the system basically they uh, it's almost like the oil for a car like it makes everything run yeah everything smooth. runs smooth you know it controls your hormones everything yeah. you know what i mean but you can use fats also to create energy your liver can transform them into glycogen glycogen so yeah. exactly so we can use it to so that's what I was trying to explain with the timing and all these things. It's not an important thing to focus on, but if you understand that what you should use each nutrient for, it's easier for you to plan. So that could be an, an easy way for you like to map out what you want to do. Yeah, exactly right. Like, like you said, if you know that you're going to be doing an activity, then carbs around the activity are going to put you in the most optimal position in order to be able to perform at your best. Yeah. Whereas fats, you can use as fuel, but they're not as easy to access. You're not going to get like a, a burst of energy. It's, it's quite a slow release. And if you're working out quite intensely, fats are pretty obsolete to use there and then because yeah. your body needs oxygen at an, in an abundance to be able to utilize fat as an energy source. Um, because you need to be able to oxidate fat. Yeah, but in order for to... example, now, what is your body using as Pre fuel? Predominantly fat because we're sat not doing very exactly. Much. So it all comes to your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. If you're as you got like a sedentary job or you are gonna be set, sat in a chair for a long period of time, what do you need those carbs for now? Yeah, you're not really doing anything. Either. Exactly. It's mainly just probably focus and actually concentration. So you still. In that sense, don't oh, get us talking about keto diet. That's mean. We'll have to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to make this negative. So, um, I mean, keto diet works for some people, but my opinion is, if you're not willing to cut out carbs for the rest of your life, I wouldn't even bother going anywhere near it because you could cut out carbs temporarily, lose a ton of weight, but what's going to happen the second you put them back in? you're just back to square one and that's the thing keto diet looks really good after you pass the keto flu and everything because, <laughs> because it's horrible that uh, basically uh, you lose a lot of weight to begin with because you basically lose water because yeah. you don't have carbs so you don't retain as much water so ooh, look I'm losing weight very fast yeah, but then 10 pounds in three days then you got you struggle to sleep Used to in a long term. You can't focus on anything productive nice. through the floor to begin with. It's, for some people, it works, but for me, I don't like it because I, I, I I'm very active. So I think the reason that a lot of people are tempted by it is because it's really easy to, to do. You yeah. just go, right, I'm not going to eat carbs. There's no other. So you only got two nutrients. So yes or yes, you're going to increase your protein intake. 
but yeah so that's it it, it makes it really simple because it, if, if i'm honest and and this might this might be a comment that feels like an attack i think keto diet is something that people use when they can't be asked doing it properly because you don't have to think about track well in you to do it properly you should still track because fats need to be pretty high on keto in order for it to actually do what it needs to do and you not feel like crap but i think a lot of people like the idea of just cutting out one nutrient which means that you don't have to think as hard so i think it's i think it is just a cop out for a lot of people don't get me wrong there's some people that will do it really well and get good results and that will like it um exactly because yeah so in simple terms a calorie deficit should be high protein doesn't necessarily need to be less carbs it needs to be carbs that fit within your calorie target yeah so and a calorie serve plus should be still high protein but again the carbs should fit within your calorie target we'll talk about a surplus in a bit when we go when we go to using the example of a skinny people, a, a skinnier people trying to build muscle um so we'll go into that in a bit but yeah it, essentially to me like keto can be useless for some people but i think for those that are desperate to lose weight that have tried everything i think it is just a, a last ditch attempt in order for something to happen Oops. and it it takes away the requirement for a lot of people or theoretically it takes away the requirement to learn about nutrition properly and i think on a large scale there's a lot of people that want to lose weight without actually having without actually going through the process of understanding nutrition um properly yeah which is wrong because yeah. if i give you the fish you eat one day exactly if i show you how to do it it's for a long time isn't it? exactly <laughs> yeah totally right the calorie deficit is, is a very simple um misunderstood concept yeah okay so well, moving back on track <laughs> to where we were if, if more questions come up we will answer them because it's it's actually quite fun doing this uh what should you do to figure out your calorie maintenance do you want to well there's a lot of formulas that you can use like you google them there's a lot of formulas to to get you give you a start yeah right? like bmi average you know like some reference yeah it is not super accurate but it it will give you like something to look at so you, you want a calorie deficit you can cool like 200 calories from that and see what happens yeah essentially just google calorie calculator yeah find one of the formulas and, and just apply it it's easy yeah, apply it. and the other thing you can do is a uh, track for like two weeks where yourself and Wait see yourself daily sort of thing yeah and you can see what is happening with your body weight and everything and basically if your weight goes up you're in a calorie surplus your weight goes down you're already in a calorie deficit and you your weight keeps maintains the same it basically like could be your calories you maintain as calories basically so then when you know that you can start working out working out what to do yeah the gold, the gold standard probably is what gavs just said of like tracking your calories for a couple of weeks and just monitoring where your weight's at so maybe just eat as you normally would see where the calories are coming out and watch what happens to your weight yeah. on those calories what if you're in a calorie deficit but the foods burgers and pizza question i'm going to ask in return to that is how do you feel eating that how easy do you find it to stick to a calorie def deficit whilst eating those foods do you have loads of energy or are you sluggish all the time is it impacting your life in a sense that you can't do the things that you would normally do with good energy you can still lose weight eating that yeah. food but well how would you feel long term how do you feel usually you know i'm gonna talk from my perspective okay if i got i can choose i i like pizza i eat those, all these things too but it doesn't give me the same amount of nutrients a pizza then it could give me a salad with something else i know we hate salad because i know these kind of things because they don't taste as good as a pizza but it's because we you, you can train yourself to eat these kind of things like i'm gonna I, do you remember when i gave you on monday that, that date with cocoa yeah 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 so if you eat cocoa it's cocoa you cocoa powder no it was cocoa basically Co like just cacao powder yeah. cacao yeah so no it wasn't it wasn't powder it was cocoa. just that it, you, you eat it itself is pizza. pizza horrible so i mix it with a date for some 
He tried it and he was like, what, 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 what's this? So, well, you need to learn, you need to find your way. So the nutrients that gave us is much better than, for example, a slice of pizza. Or a chocolate. Or a meat chocolate, basically. So essentially there, what you're saying, Fuzzy, it's easier as a person who works 14 to 15 hours a day. Okay, right. Here's the dilemma with this, right? How much energy do you have after eating those kind of things when you are working 14, 15 hours a day? Because it would be my guess that if your diet mainly consists of um, really high calorie dense foods that are low in nutrients, there's there's nothing wrong with that sometimes. But if it's impacting your energy levels and it's making you feel lethargic, one of the most important things I think that you can be when you're trying to improve your physique is self-aware. Because if you're not paying attention to how you feel after eating certain things and doing certain things, you're kind of just blindly going through without acknowledging what benefit or what negative, not ne what negative impact it's having on you. So my argument on this, right? You're saying it would be easy as a person who works 14 to 15 hours a day to eat burgers and pizza. My argument would be that if you put some food in a slow cooker uh, that was higher in nutrients, it would be even faster than getting a pizza or a burger and way better in the terms of nutritional value because you get home and it's already cooked. Yeah. And in sense of what kind of vegetables should you include with every meal? Whatever you like. Whatever you like. Make it really simple. If there's certain things you enjoy eating, eat them. Yeah. You just try to rotate a little bit. You don't have some variety, but if it glows in the nature, it's like, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's anything. Just... They they sell like packs of salads. Yeah, you, simple. you can literally buy like <laughs> bird's eye microwave packs of veg that you can stop yeah. in the microwave for 30 seconds. And it's really, really simple and really easy. Like like Adam said earlier, it, it, the concept is is massively overcomplicated. It's just easy. It's easier than it looks. I mean, it seems problem is too many information, too much information. Sorry. So that people get so aware of like, oh, like it's like what's trendy today, basically. Yeah, yeah, so this is trendy. This is trendy. So now it's like when two years ago, kale is a superfood. Yeah. So everybody was eating kale. Kale's crap. It tastes like, no, I want to say the word. Stop then, oh, spinach. Let's have spinach. Smoothie spinach. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Things you just try and go through. What, what about fruit? Every fruit is good and it's got a lot of fiber. So, 100%. So, food is really good, like bananas, berries, tropical food, and mangoes, everything. You can eat a lot of food, it's a lot of variety. Question on that, right? How many people do you know that put weight on eating apples? Yeah. I couldn't tell you a single person that, that ended up overweight from overdosing on fruit. Somebody, you know, I, I work in nursing too. And one day I was cooking my morning, you know, my breakfast. And I had a lot of fruit. And one of my colleagues told me, are you not getting fat if that much fruit? A lot of, a lot of carbs. And she said, are you seeing any monkey getting fat because it's the fruit? <laughs> yeah, it's a really good concept as well. Like, if you look at what wildlife does. Yeah, I'm not a monkey. Well, I look like. <laughs> but basically, I eat a lot of fruit, and it's not a big problem for me because it's good fiber. And also, I'm very active, so I can't manage those kind of things. Basically, so it's essentially fruit, fruit high in sugar. It is to an extent, but you'll find it really difficult to overconsume fruit. Also, if you look at the if you look at the kind of foods that people struggle with when it comes to weight loss, for example, pizza, burgers, it's not actually the carb content of those foods that causes the calorie hit. It's the fats in there. Like if you look at most of these kind of things, chocolate, yeah. It so for to get to delve into macro detail again. For one gram of fats, there's nine calories. For one gram of carbs, there's four calories. So a lot of the time, the food that we victimize and put a bad name on, they're actually the, the carbs are not really the problem in there. It's the higher quality, it's the higher quantity of fats. Now, fruit doesn't really contain fat. There's a couple of exceptions, avocados. Um, but on the grand scheme of things, they're made up of water. 
sugars and fiber. Yeah, basically and vitamins and yeah, plenty of nutrients, loads of micronutrients. So again, if you're giving to your body a food like a pizza, which is high in carbs, high in fat, you get a calorie intake to your body that is massive. So your body needs to deal with it. So what's gonna do? A spike of insulin. What the insulin does? Draw your glucose, then you could diet. Let's to simplify it. Yeah. So that's why you feel sleepy after eating a pizza. That's why you feel sleepy after your Christmas meal, for example. And all the time you binge food and eat a lot of calories in one intake. And that's why being self-aware when it comes to food is, in my opinion, one of the most important things. Because if you can recognize when you're feeling super tired after food, you can then start to think, right, okay, that food tasted nice in the moment, but now I feel like crap. Maybe next time I could make a better choice that will make me feel better. Because again, if you're on a journey of trying to get fitter, stronger, leaner, and you're eating foods that's absolutely tanking your energy, it's completely out of line with what you're trying to achieve. You need to be consuming things that are making you feel energetic, yeah. make you feel like you want to get up and do some things. Yeah, make, make you feel powerful. Yeah, not like you want to nap. Exactly, that food should give you power. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why people, a lot of people struggle in a deficit because they they feel absolutely knackered because the food that they're choosing to eat within that deficit is just abs- causing absolute toil on their energy levels. That their, their energy is going up and then boom, crash. And then they're eating less calories than their body needs on a day-to-day anyway. Yeah, and this uh, one thing I want to clarify here. Like we're not saying remove completely those foods because if you stick to a diet and you don't enjoy what you're eating, you want to stick to it basically. So just when you have a pizza, but instead of having a full pizza, have half of it and have it as a reward. So I've been three days doing really, you know, really good with my diet. So I'm gonna, uh, how do you say? Forgot the word, man. I give yourself a prize. Um, I'm gonna let myself let, let myself have half a pizza. Yeah, just like have a, a reward. That was what I was looking for. Yeah. Have a reward, like have half a pizza, for example. So that's your reward. It's but fine. It's important though that that, re- that reward doesn't become like something that throws you completely off track. No, it's it within exactly within your calories. That was gonna mm-hmm. so make sure it fits your plan. Exactly. Okay? And if you go over your calories, make sure you compensate another day. Or if you know you're going to go over, bank some calories in exactly. advance, so maybe drop them lower. What's your opinion on eating fish every day? It's a kind of meat, high protein. It depends uh, what you prefer, basically. Yeah, Doesn't matter meat, fish, shellfish. You know, it's protein. It's, it's a good source of protein. Every day. And a lot of fish contains um, a lot of good quality fats as well. Yeah, exactly. So... I don't see any... Uh... Yeah. Well, I think it depends how it's been, let's say, harvest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah again, it's, that's one thing that's not really, does not really going to impact, impact you directly or indirectly. It's, it's just personal preference. Yeah. Um, so shall we move on to explaining, turning up from the perspective of if you are try and build muscle because you're what you would class as like skinny, skinny fat. Should we go down that route? We can do. Yeah. So, so what's problems? Well, I think one of the problems that repeat a lot to people is as soon as they start, they can see the apps in the mirror. What people do is, oh, so you try, they say to build muscle, you need to be in a calorie surplus. Okay. So, then you will put some fat on. So you will grow muscle, but also you will grow your fat reserves, basically. So then you don't look as lean as you usually look. Then people get scared and then stop the bulking. Okay? That's a mistake. Another mistake that we could say is they try bulking and then it's like a dirty bulk. So everything yeah, is big. everything. I can eat everything. I'm working. Uh, as many calories as possible. So with no control and 
what's the point of that? Like if you put too much body fat, it will be dif very difficult to, to lose it afterward. So what's the point of this? You want to do it in an effective way, like you put some muscle, you put some body fat, then you drop your body fat, then you carry on, and you sacrifice as less lean mass as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, what else we can talk about this? Um, how these skinny people, for example, plan their trainings and how they plan everything that we can talk about, how they should prepare themselves to build muscle. So essentially like the training phases to go yeah. through. So again, I guess the difficulty, if you're, if you're skinnier and you're trying to build muscle, the difficulty is you're in a position already where you've not got much fuel on your body to be able to... Uh, play with let's say so when it comes to wanting to build that muscle we need to follow a process of of gradually um adding calories but then getting the training right so me and Gavs were talking before we started this about what kind of phases you would put into training so a very common thing that happens when people start the gym to build muscle whether regardless of the starting point in terms of whether they're overweight underweight whatever it may be a lot of the time they're just going to wing it they go in and wing it so they just like make it up as they go along so oh, yeah. there's no there's no plan in place there's no plan they go like hypertrophy ranges of lifting yeah so they'll do Stay 8 away. 12 reps for every exercise in hope that they'll build a bit of muscle I will we'll respond to that question in a bit because you just hold tight um, when in reality what needs to happen in order for us to be able to build more muscle we need to have enough strength to be able to lift a reasonable amount of weight to cause the muscle to grow. grow. In order to be able to build that strength, we need to make sure that we can actually complete exercises to a high quality with good technique. And we want to make sure that the body is actually prepared and ready to be able to lift those weights in the first place. Exactly. And the last thing your body wants is to grow muscle because it's a high maintenance tissue. So it will try to do everything it can first with a growing muscle to compensate that heavy weight you're lifting now. So for example, it will adapt like coordination, nervous system, how it works, you know, it's basically coordination too. Uh, so you need to make sure you're in a calorie surplus, yes or yes, to build muscle, okay? Having enough nutrients, like enough protein and everything, and also enough energy to repair and build up all these things, mm -hmm. and also, be patient enough for it to grow, okay? So, come back to what we explained about the phases. Uh, so, we will start, we agree with this, like in um, a, preparation, a preparation cycle, okay? Which will be, you learn how to live properly. Yeah. So, you reduce the risk of injuries. Your nervous system starts adapting, so you improve your coordination and everything, okay? That's we're missing something. Uh, in order, so in a preparation phase, really, what we're looking for is to improve technique and improve ability with lifting. So what you would what you would do a lot of in in a preparation phase. So when you first start training, whether you're a novice or whether you've just been out for a while, when you first start training, the first thing you want to look at really is spending a bit of time lifting lower weight, higher rep ranges, and get accustomed to just doing the movements again and get the body used to doing the movements. Um, like Gab says. That way then you are getting your nervous system up to speed with what's happening and it allows you to just make sure that you can you can do those movements correctly without injuring yourself because lower weight means way less risk of injury and it gives you a chance to get, I guess, used to training again or used yeah. to training if you've never trained like, previously. I do preparation cycles like sometimes once a year because if I have a break, I have an injury because I play all the sports too or something happens to me, I can train for a while, then my, I need to restart this. So what's the point when I start lifting heavy weight if I'm not doing it right? Yeah, you need to just kind so of I need to recheck. reset, recheck, everything is fine, and do it right. Exactly. So the next phase that you would look at after your preparation phase, and that your preparation phase will be different depending on where you're at. So novices, it might be longer, so you might do it for six, eight, even 12 weeks. Yeah. If you're if you're quite an advanced lifter or you've played a lot of sports and you your body's quite good in terms of coordination anyway, you can shorten that preparation phase down to maybe four to six weeks, something like that. Whatever kind of 
suits you. It's very person specific, this. So it's like through a podcast, we can't really just say it's this or it's that. So let's say you're a novice, you do an eight week preparation phase, you get up to speed with your training, um, you start to get the hang of movements. The next thing that you probably want to start focusing then is a strength cycle. Yeah, exactly. So that could be as long as you like six, eight weeks, 12. I will recommend like a long strength cycle, yeah. like at least three, four months. So you really build up some strength because basically as, as strong as you are, bigger will your muscle will be because you need to lift those weights. So it works like that, the petrophy and strength, they're related. Mm -hmm. So, and if you don't give enough time to your body to create that muscle, you know, to adapt, basically, yeah. it won't be as effective. So if I do a two weeks strength cycle, you barely even scratch the surface on trying to get your body tested. To people do that. And people go to a gym and do a one month strength, and then they do a month of hypertrophy, then they do a month of strength, mm -hmm. month of hypertrophy, which... I suppose this as well is where, like, so... I think sometimes training is overcomplicated as well, where like people think, and I've heard this before from, from like, so when I first started working as a PT, there was a few members of staff that um, basically said to me like, oh, are you just doing the same workout with your clients every week? And I was like, well, yeah, because how are they going to improve and get stronger exactly. at certain exercises if we do something different every week? Exactly. You need to be good at something. Yeah. So, and, and they said, they were like, oh yeah, but you need to mix it up every week so it's different. And I was like, well, that might make it nicer on the brain, but it's not actually going to be effective for mm -hmm. helping them be stronger, build more muscle, or anything along the lines of that. What makes us somebody an expert in something? Repetition. Yeah. So you keep changing everything. You could never How are you going to be good at something? So, so you want to, yeah, if you want to go, be good at squatting, being good means being stronger, have a good coordination of squatting. So if you squat one, one, one month, next month you go and do leg press, next month you do tendon squat. So your body is like, well, yeah, I'm strong, but I'm not a, a specialist in something. Yeah. You're essentially overcomplicating it, making yeah. it, making it, I guess, like, overcomplicated, and it doesn't <laughs> need to be. You need to surprise me, mate. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's a, a topic, actually. So that's another thing. People, and uh, this is a... Uh, common myth as well that you need to shock the muscle to grow so i get asked a lot of the time oh i've been doing this this training for a while now and i'm not growing anymore do i need to completely change it to shock the muscle now i'm going to just let you know right now that if you go from doing um <laughs> a squat to a leg press you don't jump on that leg press and your your quads and your hamstrings go oh surprise <laughs> so, <laughs> surprise listen I'm gonna go now. Like that's that's not how it works. Um, so realistically, you want to choose one of them, and bit by bit, the shock comes from you overloading. Exactly. So it comes from you trying to get maybe one extra rep at the same weight, or maybe lift the the not what one kilo more. Yeah, one kilogram more. Or if you can't get one kilogram more, or do one extra rep. Could you put an extra set on? Could you could we go as far as reducing your rest period down ever so slightly if you're in a hypertrophic phase? Could you work on making your technique better, slowing the reps down so that they're the like tension for longer? We, we want to overload somehow, and that's how we shock the muscle, not by just swapping and doing a completely different exercise. Exactly, yeah, the range of movement, like doing a full range of movement, it's an improvement. If you exactly, had, what's the point of lifting two hundred kilos in a squat? If you only do a quarter squat. Yeah, if you, if you can't lift it. Well, it's in you can carry it, but that's the thing. What's the point of doing this? Yeah. So, comment on here is, I think you should switch your workout after four weeks-ish. Why? You can change the, how do you say, the additional exercise. Like, if, for example, how I, how I plan my, my split, I just get... One exercise as main, like it could be a squat. Yeah, main compound. Yeah, main compound, which would be, I use basically like a power lifter style. And then I have some accessories, one accessory and that's it. So for, for group, basically. So you might do a squat, let's say yeah. 
a, like press a or a split squat or like that. that's the only thing i change yeah so it might be essentially what you're saying there is you have a fundamental in that workout yeah. and then you have accessory movements around it so that fundamental movement will stay you could you could for example do a squat as your first exercise for 12 months straight and if you did a strength cycle for eight weeks 12 weeks and you got stronger and stronger and stronger instead of changing the exercise if you move into a hypertrophy phase so say you build up a ton of strength on a squat and you can do let's say 100 kilograms for a set of five you would then look at changing your rep range so you still do a squat but you change your rep range so that maybe you're doing eight to twelve yeah. and you would do the relative weight you can lift for eight to twelve yeah sorry another thing another mistake people do is they try to build a strength like okay i do three sets of eight reps with a squat no what is here for you like if i to live eight times the same way only two times this weight but for more reps i for more sets it's easier and you get the same volume basically but in a better technique and easier for your body to manage that so it's more easy to accomplish your goal morning luke yeah so essentially what Gabs is saying there, because that like that confused me a little bit. I'm just gonna simplify oh, okay. that's okay. You going, man? <laughs> um, yeah. So essentially what he's saying there is like when it comes to getting stronger, you could do three sets of eight, but you've got eight reps to do at quite a heavy weight there. When in reality, if you do eight sets of three, you only have to do three reps then, which means that you can lift more weight and you can do it with better technique because you're not getting tired through the set. So you're lifting the same overall volume because eight times three is whatever eight times three is 24. Okay. You're lifting 24 reps. <laughs> the difference is if you do it across eight sets instead yeah. of three sets, you can lift more weight. And you can probably do it with better technique because you're resting between each one. Mm -hmm. So you're still creating the same stimulus as such on your body, but you're just spreading it out across. So essentially what's been said here is don't change your workouts, get good at them and get good at the lifts, which, yeah, when you're putting your fundamentals in there, when it comes to isolations or so leg extensions, curls, you can mix them up a little bit because the main focus of them is not to get stronger anyway. It's essentially to tear your muscle to shreds, which with an isolation, it doesn't really matter what isolation you choose. Like with a side raise, if you're doing a, 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 um, a lateral raise, you're going to find it really hard to add a kilogram to that every week because it's such a small muscle. What you're better off doing is just slowing it right down. And if you decide to change that for a, a slight different variation, there's no dramas. Yeah, and that's another thing. People focus on isolated exercises when they should focus in compound mode compound because you, you, you move, like when you walk, when you do things, you do it with your whole body. You don't do it well with your feet. You only move, no, yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You whole body. That's, this is a good question. So what if you do heavy compound with strength reps and then you use isolation um, movements afterwards with hypertrophy reps? Yeah, could be good. Could be yeah. work. We will tie it. Then we, go, we come to like, let's say if you do a strength, I say heavy compound with a strength rest. So that will be a metabolic uh, stress for your body. I am sorry. Uh, a mechanic stress for your body. So the adaptation for that will grow strength in your system basically you will become stronger and also it will have it will be the main thing to build muscle and then with the, the isolation the isolation hypertrophy range it will be like a metabolic stress so it will accumulate blood flow in there so it will that basically so that's quite an effective way of yeah it's doing an effective way basically we fucked up the muscle completely yeah bad on me <laughs> basically so that's a good point yeah that's a good way to do it to, to to delve into that a little bit more and we're getting a little bit complicated here but I know. in order to build muscle you need there's there's three things that you need to do to the muscle we need mechanical tension we need metabolic adaptation we need cellular fatigue um now there's different ways of achieving those things generally speaking mechanical tension comes from lifting heavy weight heavy load and overload metabolic, and the time yeah you know and the, and the time so good controlled reps you're having to yeah. actually make your muscles work yeah. for the full range people usually miss the um, uh, eccentric rep is a yeah. very important part of the lift 
because it's the one that's more they have more mechanical tension. Yeah, you can build more muscle yeah. in the eccentric phase than you can exactly. in the concentric. And phase. people miss that. Yeah, they just go down and they go up. So no, just control your way down, then go up. Powerful. Essentially, again, it comes down to humans like to make things easy for themselves. So if you're lifting yeah. weight, really, what you need to be thinking of, right? How can I make this rep? As challenging as I possibly can with correct form. So if you're moving through the whole range, slow down and back up, your muscles are having to create a lot of tension throughout the whole movement, which is going to stimulate some level of growth afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so mechanical tension, metabolic adaptation, and cellular fatigue. In order to achieve those, if you combine strength like strength compound reps and then you put in a few accessories of isolation, you're essentially ticking all the boxes. Yeah, completely. So that's not a bad way to go about it, to be fair. Um, love that. Right. I've lost my train of thought with where we were on that. On that. Essentially, okay, so anyone that's joined recently or hasn't listened all the way through, if you're on the podcast afterwards, we're talking about toning up and the benefits of muscle, like training for building muscle. Um, so if only switch out exercises to something new, if it doesn't feel with like hurting joints or, okay, I only, I only switch out exercises to something new um, if it doesn't feel good, like it's hurting joints, or if I've been doing it for a while and I stall on the exercise for a few weeks, yeah, no problem. That's pretty much yeah. bang on like it. And if a movement isn't feeling good, that probably is an indicator that I one of two things needs to happen. You need to find something that's more suited, or you need to look at why it's not feeling why good. Why it's not feeling good, yeah. because you don't want to put away, you know, like on an injury, basically. If yeah. you get an little injury or something, get that fixed first. Yeah. Because if not, it's going to aggravate it. Yeah. Sometimes if it's not feeling good, you you can work around it and find another movement that works the same muscles and doesn't hurt. But if there's an injury there and you work around it and you do something that feels better, there's nothing to say that you're not still going to aggravate that injury for longer with a different movement pattern. Um, lots of good compound movement for shoulders to attack all heads. Again, massively overcomplicating things. Shoulders, essentially any kind of vertical press movement will target your shoulders in a yeah like overall movement military press overhead press all this kind of thing will do yeah can so, you do handstands yeah handstands <laughs> that kind of stuff brilliant yeah sim- simplify it right down um like rather than worrying about specifically attacking all heads i guess understand that the shoulders like when you do a pressing mechanic the shoulders utilize the muscles that they need to use in order to complete that press. That, so you're not trying to specifically target individual muscles with a compound. Yeah, I think I want to say this. Maybe you cannot activate only a part of a muscle. Okay, your muscle contracts completely. It keeps like switching off some fibers, but it's like they say. Some people you see some people like they're targeting. Only the front part of the belt or the rear part. Or, okay. Yes and no. Because there's still a lot of other things that are having to happen exactly. for that to happen. So you can target them a little bit, you know, like, like depending on the vectors of force, basically, which is biomechanics. Mm-hmm. Okay. But for example, if you train your quads, all your quads is going to be active. So, you know, the, the thing they say when you put your feet like that, if you feel like that, it's going to take a different impact. No, it'll still all work. It all works. The same, it could, you could see some difference where you target like different muscles. You know what I mean? Muscles, no. Mm-hmm. Muscles is the thing you eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> very, very good, me. So, depending on like the angle I get, for example, in the leg press, how I pull my feet, that could change a little bit. Yeah, in terms of like the quads will do more of the hamstrings. Exactly. More, but you, you're going to find it really hard to separate which part of your quad is doing what. Exactly. Like if I put it full like that, it's going to be the external part. Well, we'll do with that. Yeah, your quads are still going to all engage because if they didn't, you're like, you're, you're out of the quad and literally pull, be pulling your kneecap off if your yeah. inside one was doing nothing. When, whenever something is work, working, something else is having to work to stabilize and Exactly. It, it all works synergistically. Yeah, works yeah. in synergy where like you, you can't switch one muscle off and get the other to function. They all collaborate to do the job as a whole. Exactly. 
And that's why compounds are as beneficial as they are because you are training your body to to come to do complete movements and to move with it with each other yeah. as opposed to trying to specifically target the kinetic chain exactly because you bang on the money uh, you're using everything in in a kinetic chain instead of just trying to specifically use one section and not the rest yeah you need to look at your body like a big fascia basically from toes to head. Yeah, you just one big chain of yeah. movement, essentially. We've used the the uh, analogy before of, imagine your brain is like the penthouse of an office and you've got the CEO sat in there and your feet are like office floor. So everyone running around an office floor is feeding back information through to um, the brain. Why is a lat pull down called a lat pull down and not a back pull down? Because, because it's your lats. So and, basically, and yeah, it's... It happened to me when I came to England, I didn't understand that. So, but yeah, then... <laughs> it's because you work in your latissimus dorsi, whereas a lateral raise, you're moving in a lateral plane of motion. So you, the lateral raise is named after the movement pattern, whereas a lat pull down is, is named after the muscle that it targets. You could call a lateral raise a delt raise, and then it would be named after the muscle. Yeah. Okay, so... Back to turning up. <laughs> I, I, I made me laugh because it happened to me when I came to England. I was like, what, what does it mean? Yeah, you're not alone with that one, mate. So, yeah, the whole so the whole topic of this has literally been to talk about muscle building. And I think we've delved into a hell of a lot here. So the, yeah. we're gonna the name of the podcast is going to be How to Turn Up. But essentially, what we want you to get from this is that like turning up is a sense of you dropping body fat and increasing muscle tissue you said you can't target one specific muscle and you need to do a whole muscle so when you do a lat pull down your whole like your whole lats will work essentially is that what you mean because you're you with a lat pull down you will still utilize your rhomboids they'll still do some level of um stabilizing stability yeah they'll, they'll still do that to keep your scapula in place like your serratus will still work to help keep your scapula in place you'll probably get a lot of um, engagement. Let's, I traps. think it's a misunderstanding here. So let's say if I do a bicep curl, okay, I cannot only work the inner side of the bicep. Bicep is divided in two ventricles, basically, okay? So if I do a bicep curl, the whole muscle is going to be active. I not can only activate the inner bit or the outside bit. The whole thing will work. The whole thing will be working. Does it make sense? Yeah. Essentially, what we mean is with an individual muscle, you can't separate a fiber. Like when you get an incline in an incline press, you can't. There's no such thing as an upper chest because your pecs one, your pec major. Yeah, your pec goes like that and connects to the shoulder. So the whole pec will the whole body contract. We we engage. What it does is basically switch on some fibers. Then switch off. It keeps changing, so it keeps it can maintain the strength basically. Yeah, exactly. We're on low battery. We're gonna have to wrap up soon. Yeah, so there's a we've delved down a lot of routes here, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wrap up very very shortly. But yeah. to recap, like give us a recap. What we uh you throw me to the lions, huh? <laughs> you throw me to the lions every time. No, yeah. Anyway, to recap, uh, how you need to be, be you need to basically prepare yourself, then get stronger, and then work hypertrophy, hypertrophy. And that's essentially regardless whether you're trying to build muscle from a position where you're skinny or whether you're trying to build muscle because you're losing fat. Exactly. And it's important from both perspectives. And then if you're a skinny guy or female... Oh, uh, thank you for the questions. It's been a, it's been class actually having things to respond to. Yeah, it's easier. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, then, to also to build muscle, you need to be in a calorie surplus. Make sure you eat enough protein. And then... Basically, make sure you fuel your body properly. An easy way to do it, like it will be build up the way uh, how your body tolerates your carbs and everything. You plan it in advance. So, what I will do, uh, let's say I eat, I don't know, 200, let's say random number, 200 carbs a, a day, 200 grams of carbs a day. Then, I just like slow down in putting some weight. Okay, I try to increase it like 25 grams a day. My body manages this, good, carry on. When it slows down again, try to increase it. So I need to see how my body tolerates. 
So this will help me to when after building muscle, after I start cutting, I only can cut, for example, carbs, and then it'll be more manageable for me, and I will sacrifice less lean tissue. Yeah. So well, that's another topic, basically. Essentially, what you're saying is, in order to complete a cycle of losing body body fat and building muscle, so that you the end result is that you have a more toned physique that you're happy with. What needs to happen is you need to increase your tolerance to calories and to food so you can eat more food and then take away to put into a deficit. That's for a skinny guy. That's for a skinny guy. If you're trying to lose weight, then you want to put yourself into a small deficit. Depending, if you've been dieting for years and you've not seen much progress and you're eating less than 1,200 calories a day, that suggests you need to do the same kind of process. You need to get your body back used to eating again and putting fuel in because... Nobody wants to eat 1,200 calories a day. It's ridiculous. Like no. You can lose weight on 2,000 calories a day if you can get your body to a point where it can tolerate that food and you're moving enough. Yeah, exactly. And going back to a skinny human being, basically, um, what's the point if you try to put some weight on? Like if you go for 2,000 calories, create a surplus of another 2,000, like 4,000 calories a day, What's the point of that? If you eat 2,500 calories, you're going to still put weight on and you're going to still build muscle. So exactly. exactly, Claire. You're eating 400 calories more and losing more. Absolute magic. Exactly. That's how do you do it. That's it. Getting, it's getting your body to a position where it can tolerate food and you're eating food because then you've got energy and you can do more. Mm. Like Gab says, if, you, if you're trying to build muscle as someone that's skinny, if you put your calories up by too much, you're just going to put a lot of fat on. Cause, and I spend a lot of money on food. Yeah, spend a lot of money on food because you can only build so much muscle at a time. Yeah. And likewise, on the other side, you can only lose so much fat at a time. Exactly. So you put yourself into a big deficit. Yes, the scale weight might drop by a lot, but that doesn't mean you've lost that much fat. You've probably seen a lot of muscle tissue disappear. Yeah, that's the adaptation you believe this lean muscle is difficult to maintain so i'm gonna get i'm gonna get rid of it so i don't need as much calories and the problem is if you lose lean muscle because you're eating too little you then have to eat even less to continue losing weight because muscle requires calories and then the knock-on effect of that is if you stop your diet and you put all the weight back on it's 10 times harder to lose it again the next time and the next time and the next time before you know it, you're in a cycle of over-restricting and then binging and over-restricting and then binging, and that's where the typical yo-yo diet comes from. It simply comes from trying to lose too much weight too soon, losing a lot of muscle. It comes to patience. Like, yeah. how much do you want to sacrifice in your... Like, for me, in a cycle of building muscle and cutting, it takes a year, a year and a half. That's a long time. Mm. Some people want to do put some muscle in three months and get prepped again, prepped in three months. So how much, that's the card, <laughs> how much are you going to sacrifice of that muscle you put in three months? Because your calorie deficit is too much. Mm -hmm. So is it worthy? You be, you're going to get into like a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. So... You get five kilos, you lose five kilos. You get five, you gain five kilos, you lose five kilos. And you always look the same all the time. No, you get 10 kilos, you lose seven, but at least but you go three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're making some level of progress. This is it. In this day and age and in society now, we're used to being able to have anything we want now. You can have food delivered to your door. You can have TV on demand. You can listen to whatever music you want there and then. Unfortunately, when it comes to changing your physique and transforming your body, you can't do that. No. You have to have patience. Yeah, you and we've been trained to not have patience. And you need to put like your hours, your work for it. Like it doesn't happen overnight. It's a thing that and there's a lot to be said about putting a lot of time and effort into your own health. It teaches you a lot about yourself. It teaches you about discipline. It teaches you about patience. And the outcome of that. The reward that you get from a journey like that is more than just losing weight. It's the yeah, mental, it's, it's physical. The, the gain you get there, too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It helps you to deal with things afterwards. Like, okay. You develop a lot more resilience. Yeah. Makes you more patient. Makes you... Exactly. And um, land the ship there because yeah. the battery's going to die. <laughs> I think we should do this. And I would like to throw, like, a question to the people, to the audience. Yeah. Like, 
why what what is your goal what is because it looks to me that everybody wants to be like a bodybuilder or something like that we not everybody maybe have the same goal so my question is what is your goal and just make sure it's a a thing you can achieve mm-hmm. because if your goal is i want to be super strong and big okay that will take years so just get yourself exactly break it down and make it easy for you so you get little wins and if your goal is to get to the top of a staircase and the staircase looks huge then the first goal you should be setting is doing the first step exactly take it one by one so what is your goal what what do you want to do yeah work out what your end result wants to be work backwards and think about what you need to do to fill the gap to get to there you only need to focus on this first bit even if the goal's over here if you can do this bit (laughs) Then you can do the next. Sorry, stop right. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you guys uh, for listening to us. Uh, you know where you can find us. Yeah, to so guys on Instagram as well. Thank you for involving yourselves. Thank you for yeah. the input. Um, if you're listening to this back on the podcast, you can find us both on Instagram. The link's below. Yeah, and please give us a like if you like it. Yeah. Give please us some feedback. It. Feel free to give us feedback. Yeah. I appreciate and- this. If you want to listen next week and you want us to cover a certain topic, I'm going to put some things on our stories so that you can ask questions. We're more than happy to go through um, various different questions. All right. Thank you, guys. See you.